0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Statz-Guerrera and with me as always on Friday from the NFL Network, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle?
1: Hey, hey. I'm a bit more refreshed this morning than usual because the game was so incredibly boring last night that (laughs) I decided to go to bed in the fourth quarter because there was nothing to watch. It was terrible. But as someone that's rooting for the 49ers, it was fantastic. Because the Falcons lost, which means that they're, you know, farther away from the wild card contention. And that wild card spot is only a half a game back now for the 49ers. Just one week ago, we were crying, thinking that they were out of this thing, and now they're right back in it.
0: You're right. The most exciting thing that happened on Thursday night football was a cameraman got hit in the head by one of Nick folks field goals. (laughs) That was pretty much it, but don't try and jump on the 49ers bandwagon. Miss Kyle Shanahan is the worst coach ever person.
1: Listen, all the hate he got was it was realistic. It was needed. He was not being a good coach. This last week was fantastic. We'll get all into that. They played a perfect game. But I mean, that's what Kyle Shanahan's been saying. Play, me, play a perfect game and my game plan will work, right? <laughs> so that was a perfect game. We'll see if they can keep playing perfect games.
0: See, that sounded like a compliment. It, it sounded like a compliment, but then no, when it you was... actually <laughs> look he at the word. did a great job. He did a great job. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into some prop bets, which we have been killing it with the prop bets. So you're welcome there. But before we do, we always tell you, if you take the time to write a review, we will read it on the show. Which brings me to this, Michelle, from N. Canelora. Subject, Love Gold Diggers. Five-star review. This is either the best review or the worst review ever. I can't decide which. Every Friday, I look forward to hearing from Michelle and even Rob. Michelle has been covering football for a long time, so we knew she was going to be great. But it's also fun to sometimes hear a man's perspective from Rob. He actually has some good things to say sometimes and isn't just there to be the token male voice in sports. He isn't just a pretty face to sit next to the one who actually knows what she's talking about. Michelle is great and Rob's voice isn't even that annoying for a man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is a very weird, <laughs> that's a very um, odd review. I, I get what they're doing, like because normally that would all be towards the women, yes. and I appreciate that, but you're amazing, so you should get more love.
0: Well, that's very kind of you. Let me just say, first of all, anyone that has ever seen photos of either one of us knows that I would never be confused for the pretty one, that just right off the bat. and Oh, you're so pretty,
1: Stats, stop it.
0: I need a haircut. You see, you always see me before my haircut. I usually get a haircut on Friday. So you're like the last person to see this mop of you would things. have
1: that OCD where you get a haircut on the same day.
0: What what's wrong with that haircut day?
1: Nothing's wrong with that.
0: Okay. Here's the thing. I don't want to hear haircut trash talk from someone who probably gets a haircut. What? Like once a year, twice a year. Yeah, once a year probably. See, you don't know the struggle. I got to get a haircut like every 3 weeks otherwise I look like a homeless ghost.
1: My one appointment takes as long as your all year long appointments. Stop. Yeah, it. It I don't takes, understand that. I sit in the chair for like 4 hours to get my hair highlighted. That's why it's so dark right now because it takes a gazillion years and I have four no patience. Hours. Yeah, I have no patience for that.
0: That is that is insane. If no one's in the in the shop, I'm in and out in 15 minutes. It's fantastic. <laughs> Um, speaking of fantastic, the 49ers last week over the Rams, just complete and utter domination to my complete and utter amazement. To be honest with you, I did not see that coming at all. Kyle Shanahan was in his bag, Michelle. Everything he was calling was working. The 49ers were going right down the field. They had two 90 yard drives in their first two possessions of the game to go along with the Jimmy Ward pick six. I know you've been talking trash about Kyle. Kyle but he was on it on Monday night.
1: No, that was a perf- perfect game. Everything they needed to do, they did well. I loved right off the bat. They just ran it, ran it, ran it, kept Matthew Stafford off the field with those short passes, all of those rushing attempts, and it and it worked, right? I mean, if they got stopped, like, you know, if one thing went bad, there was a drop, like, you don't know what would have happened, but everything was working perfectly where the the Rams just could not stop them. And the Rams going to get anything going on offense. Stafford looked terrible. Like staff, that was not a good game by him whatsoever. But the 49ers made him look terrible. Like it wasn't like, oh man, he's making all these mistakes. Like this is why the 49ers won. The 49ers were making him make those mistakes. It was beautiful. And they just played a, they played a really great game. And if that's what they're going to look like moving forward, they actually have a shot here because I don't know what team would have beat them last week. Like, I don't know if there is a team out there that would have beat the 49ers when they're rolling like that, but they have to keep it up. We'll see what happens. This Jaguars game should be an easy matchup, but it kind of feels like a trap as well. makes me a little nervous.
0: That's the frustrating thing, right? All the people that have been holding out and been, you know, in Kyle Shanahan's corner have been waiting for this, right? This is the type of game he can have. But I think what you've been saying is kind of right in that nothing Bad happened to the 49ers. There were no turnovers for the 49ers. And one of the few times we've been able to say that all season, there were no drops by the 49ers wide receivers. So the offense was always able to stay on schedule. And when you had the ground game, either Debo or Elijah Mitchell gaining at least three to four yards every time. That's the key. Yeah. They weren't necessarily breaking off 20 yard runs every time, but they were consistently gaining yardage. So Jimmy Garoppolo was never in second and eight, third and eight. The entire first half, the uh, the 49ers averaged four and a half yards to go on third down. You're going to be able to move the ball if that's the case, and that's exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, the Rams could not get off the field no matter what they tried, and you kept thinking, like, the Rams defense is going to step up, right? Like, But no, every single time the 49ers were able to move the ball, stay on the field, it was just such a good game on both sides of the ball. The defense showed up which was really nice to see, create some turnovers. I mean, I don't know what was wrong with Tyler Higby. He he could not hold on to a ball to save his life. But overall, I was just like, damn, nobody's beating this team if they play like this.
0: And that's literally my son was asking me about the 49ers this morning when I was driving him to school. And I said, look, the thing with them is they can beat anybody, but they can lose to anybody. And that's like you know, my, I'm not ready to to be hurt again. Like part of me is worried about this game against Jacksonville because it's got all the ingredients of a trap game.
1: It does. And they, you saw them just beat the bills two weeks ago and you know, they came close to beating the Colts last week after they played bad in the first half. And then their defense really, you know, randomly their defense has been pretty solid the last two weeks. So this is one of those games where I'm confused by because Trevor Lawrence is playing terrible, right? Like, I'm not worried about the offense at all. Trevor Lawrence is playing like garbage. It's not all his fault. I mean, he's stuck on a really, really bad team with a really bad coach with just behind a bad offensive line, but he's playing really, really bad. Not worried about the offense, but I'm worried about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense a little bit.
0: But isn't that what we said about Justin Fields, right? Oh, he's playing bad. And then they get in the game against the 49ers and Fields plays like the best game that he played all year, pretty much. So that's like... I'm worried about that. Like all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence is going to flash and show why he was, you know, what people were talking about as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew luck.
1: Yeah, maybe, but he's been really, really bad though. I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. I'm really not. And then we saw Justin Fields have another good game against the Steelers next week. I think he's just getting the groove. I think the offense in general is learning like let's run it more like with, (laughs) with the Jaguars are just like, let's, throw it with Trevor Lawrence 50 times a game and hope that he is a hero. And it's like, well, he's not right now. So I'm not worried at all about that side of the ball. It's about if the offense can keep gelling against the Jaguars defense, because the Jaguars defense is actually surprisingly very good against the run, allowing only 3.9 yards per carry this season, fifth best in the NFL. And I feel like so much of this 49ers offense goes through the run. Like they set up the run to be able to, be successful through the pass. Now, I I do feel like with Kyle Shanahan, it doesn't really matter which defense they play. Like If their offense is gelling with the rush, like they're just going to do well because they open up so many holes. It doesn't really matter, and they run to the outside so much. But if the Jaguars are able to stop them on the ground, I think it could be a very tough day for them, and it might be closer than we expect.
0: Yeah, I think the spread in this one is six and a half. I think the Niners will win, but I don't think they'll cover that spread. I don't think this is going to be, you know, I talked about before the Rams game, like when is the last time the Niners kind of had just like an easy, you know, relaxing kind of win. And they got up 14 on the Rams so quickly that that's kind of what it turned into. It wasn't like the. Sitting on the edge of your seat on every possession, living and dying with every Jimmy Garoppolo drop back. It was kind of that easy type of game. I actually don't think that's what the game is going to be like this week because of that Jags defense. I think it's going to be more of a struggle and it might come down to whether or not the Niners defense can force a couple more turnovers because, God, it was so nice to see. Like we can take the ball away from other teams, too.
1: Yeah, and this should be a game you should be able to get some turnovers because Trevor Lawrence is a turnover machine. The Jaguars are negative 10 in turnover differential this year, 31st in the NFL. They only have five takeaways. Their defense only has five takeaways. So they're good in some areas like stopping the run, uh, creating pressure, but they don't they don't not cause turnovers. They only have five, and all they do is turn over the ball on the other side of the ball. You need that to keep going. You can't have that trend shift, right? That's a. That's the definite way to beat the Jaguars, create some turnovers from Trevor Lawrence uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, they're three and zero this year when Jimmy Garoppolo does not turn over the ball. So yeah, you have to hope that trend continues for the Jaguars struggle to do that.
0: Imagine that, like just don't give the other team extra possessions. It turns out you actually can uh, can win a game. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the props and we'll look at uh, how you can make a little bit of money this week going forward. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we have been on fire with our prop apps recently. Even last week, we usually only give you three, but sometimes when we're feeling really confident in stuff, we do a little more. Last week we gave you five and we hit on four of them. We told you Elijah Jeez. Mitchell was going to gain more than 61 and a half yards. He did 91. We told you he was going over 14 and a half carries. He went way over. He almost doubled it with 27 attempts. We had Kittle over four and a half catches. That hit. And we had Cooper Cup over 96 and a half yards, which you were all over. I was doubtful just because that was such a high number. He killed it. 122 yards. The only one we garbage miss- time. Yeah, Gotta love garbage time doesn't matter. The only one we missed on was George Kittle over 57 and a half yards. He ended up with 50, but the 49ers ran the ball 44 times. So I, I mean, you can't predict that going into the game. Otherwise, we would have been a perfect five for five on the day. As it was, we hit four out of five. We have been crushing it. That is mostly a credit to you because I sort of take a back seat and let you drive the bus on this one. So Niners Jags this week. What do you like?
1: All right. I really, really like Jimmy Garoppolo under one and a half pass touchdowns. I know we talk about this every week. Mm -hmm. And lately, he's, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo showed up last week. He's been killing it. The last three weeks, he's been a pretty good quarterback. I don't know if we're going to see Trey Lance anytime soon. And that means they're winning, right? So you kind of just got to hope for that. But the Jaguars have allowed just 11 pass touchdowns this entire season, which is the second fewest in the NFL. They kept Josh Allen to zero touchdowns two weeks ago. They kept Carson Wentz to zero touchdowns last week. And he's actually been on fire as of late. And he's has a ton of games, so two touchdowns or three touchdowns this season. So I do think this is going to be a hard game. For the 49ers to get into the end zone with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. George Kittle has got a touchdown the last two weeks, which was just odd for him. Like, I'm not going to call for a third week of that. So I do think Jimmy Garoppolo under one and a half pass touchdowns is a really good bet this week.
0: We have been telling you to fade that all season long. Now, it hasn't the last two weeks. You haven't been able to hit on that. But over the long haul, that bet is going to make you money. All you have to do is look at the entirety of Jimmy Garoppolo's career with the 49ers. You know, the only reason they throw it in the red zone is because they have to. The Niners like to run the ball in the red zone. Now, last week on the first touchdown, it was third and I think seven or third and eight. So they had to throw it. That's not what Kyle Shanahan wants to do when he gets down there. His first go to play is always going to be to run the ball. So that's why I think under one and a half touchdowns is always going to work for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Niners have actually been one of the best teams in the league. I want to say third best in terms of red zone scoring percentage when they get in the red zone they have scored a lot of touchdowns and it some of it's been trey lance but most of it hasn't been i think we actually would have seen more of lance to this point in the year if they had struggled to get it in the red zone but they've been pretty good at it
1: yeah they have been really good and i could see jimmy grapple getting into the end zone with his legs this week i did say the jaguars are pretty good rush defense in terms of yards per carry but they have allowed 11 rushing touchdowns this year which is the fifth most. So I could see, you know, either whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Jeffrey Wilson or Jimmy Garoppolo himself, like I do think they can score some points. I just don't know if it'll be through the air.
0: That's a good point too. If the Niners happen to get stopped on the one or two yard line, they love going to that quarterback sneak with Jimmy G and that would, uh, he would get the touchdown, but that would hurt you on the prop bet. I like that very much. Okay, what do you got for number two for me?
1: So Debo Samuels, uh, over for receiving yards is still only 73 and a half. I feel like he's not getting the respect of being the second highest, uh, leader in receiving yards this season. Like his should be as high as like a Cooper cup, maybe not as insanely high as 96, but he's not getting the love at all. I know he's dealing with a shin injury right now, but he's been dealing with these injuries all season long. He comes out, he plays and he kills it. So I'm always going to take the over on him when they're keeping it at 73 and a half, like yes i'm taking that over and then also they have his rushing yards at 5.5 rush yards yes please that's one of my favorites of the week they used him five times in the backfield last week as like a typical running back they just had him back there as like a typical running back elijah mitchell just had surgery on his finger like he should play he should be fine but like how many times do you really want him to have the ball right I still expect him to get 18 carries, but I think Debo Samuel get u- gets used in that same way. He only needs one carry to hit 5.5 rushing yards. So love that for Debo. Both of those I am happy to bet on.
0: So I, first of all, I'm glad you brought up the rush yards thing because I definitely wanted to ask you about that. The crazy thing about Debo is... Last week was the fewest targets he had gotten in any game this season. He only got five targets last week. He still crushes over on receiving yards. He usually gets much more volume than that. He had never had fewer than eight targets in any week before last week. So he's going to have the opportunity to go over the 73 and a half receiving yards. And when you make these bets, when you're looking for bets to make, you have to see where you think that Vegas essentially made a mistake on the on the line. And 73 and a half, you're saying, is a mistake. Take advantage of it. I agree with you. The rush yards thing is fascinating because they haven't really used Debo a ton as a rusher this season before last week. He wasn't getting those kind of like little quick plays behind the line of scrimmage. He was really uh, getting his targets and his looks down the field as a traditional wide receiver. Last week, they gave him the ball as a running back. He crushed it. He was absolutely fantastic. I think your Elijah Mitchell point is a good one. He does have a broken finger. There's a pin in it. Doesn't seem like the Niners want to give Trey Sermon carries under any circumstances. (laughs) So you're right. Like if it only takes one potential carry for you to hit this over on the Debo rush yards, I think it's a good risk. I I would put my money there as well.
1: And it doesn't even have to be a typical carry. Like it could be um, a roll around. It it, it could be any type of, you know, trick play. It could be anything And with Debo Samuel. He is so good with the ball in his hands. Like, I would never take the under here. If there is a 0% chance I would bet the under, then I have to go for the over, right? If I'm thinking, like, there is no chance in hell I would ever risk taking the under, then, yeah, that over just feels like a smash play for me.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's very little chance he's not going to get a single carry as a running back in the game. So it's like, all right, if if you're pretty confident he's going to get one, then, yeah, over five and a half yards, like, he... He just doesn't go down in the first guy. It's it's friggin' unbelievable. Um, he's so good. Was there any other thing that jumped out to you in terms of props?
1: So my the Jaguars, right? They're they're rough, and right now they don't have a James Robinson prop out because he's dealing with an injury as well. They don't have an Elijah Mitchell prop out either. So we kind of have to wait on those. But and then all of the players, all the wide receivers on the Jaguars are so tough right now. Lavisca Chenault's not being utilized at all. Jamal Agnew, I don't want to trust in him. Like, no, no, I really don't. Marvin Jones hasn't had over 35 receiving yards in forever, and his line is 43 and a half. I don't want to touch that. He could get over it in one catch, but I don't want to trust that. My favorite one, though, Dan Arnold. He is my dude. I absolutely love him. Tight end for the Jaguars. His over is 43 and a half receiving yards. He has hit that in four of the last five games. In the last three games, he has had over over 60 receiving yards. He has been their leading receiver in three, in the last three games. He is Uh, their number one target. He is their, their, he's their guy. That's probably why they suck. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but he is their number one wide receiver on this team. And they're putting at 43 and a half receiving yards. Yes. The 49ers are good at stopping the tight end, but they haven't really played many good tight ends since TJ Hawkinson in week one, and he did destroy them. So, happy to take dan arnold over 43 and a half receiving yards his receptions are four and a half he like gets four to five so i don't really want to touch that Mm -hmm. receiving yards for
0: sure so normally i remember going into week one i was like oh tj hawkinson is not going to be able to do anything because fred warner is going to shut him down and hawkinson had a very good game that was one of the props that we lost Fred Warner actually talked this week about how, you know, he signed his new contract and he was putting a lot of pressure on himself to, you know, step up and be the man. And that last week he kind of just like got over that and just realized, like, I just got to do my normal job, what I always do, and I'll be fine. And he played a lot better last week. So I'm interested now, like what I'm saying is essentially, are we now going to see that shutdown, Fred Warner that we thought we were going to see early in the year? So when you say to take the over on Dan Arnold, I get a little nervous But also it could be the kind of thing where if the Niners are up by a couple scores, he just gets those garbage time yards like you just talked about with Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, and I I don't really know who else is going to get these targets or receptions because Urban Meyer just wants the tight end. That's all he wanted. He went and traded for Dan Arnold in the middle of the season and instantly he made him the top target on the team. (laughs) It's not a winning formula at all. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to keep riding Dan Arnold in fantasy and on bets as long as they keep using him as a number one guy. He's ran the fifth most routes uh, over the last three weeks in the NFL among tight ends. So you got to love that.
0: You can't, I've been saying this all week. Like if you're Kyle Shanahan, you can't go and lose to urban Meyer. Like I know it's an early start game and you're on the road, whatever, like it's urban Meyer, man. He's, he almost got fired a couple of weeks ago, halfway through his first year as coach. Like You cannot lose to this guy.
1: No, but you just, it's so weird because the bills lost to him. And then last week, the bucks lose to Washington and the Ravens lose to the dolphins. It's like this season is so weird. It does. You might think, you know, something like I, was confident the rams would have came out last week and mm-hmm. beat the 49ers and the 49ers not only beat them they smacked them and that's kind of the same thing with washington like they pretty much smacked the bucks it the ending score didn't look that crazy but like they had a pretty solid hold of that game the entire time the dolphins like pretty much had a really solid hold of that game the entire time it's just it's just wild so anything can happen this season and it, it does make me nervous. I do think the 49ers win this game, but I, I think it's going to be a close one.
0: Think about how different things could look based on the outcome of this game, right? The 49ers beat the Jags. That puts them at 500. Washington is playing Carolina this week. Cam Newton's going to start for the Panthers. I don't know what, like, do people not remember that Cam Newton can't throw anymore? Like, I'm not, you know, just plugging in the Panthers is now like they're going to start rolling. They could easily lose that game to Washington. The Saints are playing the Eagles. Philly is at home. Jalen Hurts has kind of looked okay, and the Saints are on their third-string quarterback in Trevor Simeon. They've lost two straight. And the Vikings are playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. If the Packers can win that game, which would not be stunning at all, all of a sudden the 49ers in the NFC playoff hunt are looking pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, you're – the Eagles biggest fan this week. Cause if yes. the Panthers lose, you're like, you might, I, I don't know what the tiebreakers come down to. Cause they'd both be, um, I'm looking here at the conference record. They'd both be four and four in the conference. So because they the 49ers play the Jaguars this week. So it'd be interesting. I, I don't know what the next tiebreaker is, but they could be in the playoffs the next time we're talking. If everything goes correctly this week and the Eagles can beat the Panthers. It's like, or the saints, I'm sorry. Um, it's a question mark there. And yeah, like you said, I'm actually really excited about cam Newton joining the Panthers, but it is one of those things where it's like, it's more exciting because of the past than it is like, what is he really going to do for this team? But their defense is so good. I think they just need a quarterback. That's just not turning over the ball every five seconds.
0: So if you're wondering, the third tiebreaker for a wildcard team is head to head or there's head to head is one best win loss percentage in conference games is two. third is best one loss percentage in common games. But you have to have a minimum of four. I haven't looked at the Panthers' schedule. Let me see if I can bring it up really quick and see if they've played common opponents for the 49ers, uh, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Niners will play the Vikings next week. So that would be a common opponent. The Falcons, the Niners, will also play. The Cardinals, obviously, the Niners will play. Um, yeah, there's probably a couple there to get there. But it's uh, it's crazy to me that not only could the 49ers, you know, be in the playoffs, but they might not necessarily be the 7th seed. They could potentially be higher. We don't know what's going to happen with some of these other teams. It is crazy how the entire landscape of the league changes just week to week. Like you said, we don't know anything about the NFL.
1: No, it it's absolutely wild because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in the NFC with five or six losses. Jeez, That's more than half. That's way more. Well, no, that's just more than half of the conference. That is wild.
0: You called it, I want to say two weeks ago, you said there's going to be a playoff team with a nine and eight record. And it very clearly looks like there's going to be one. Hell, there might even be two. I mean, this is. <laughs> it is insane how like there's the cream of the crop in the NFC and then it just drops off completely. And everybody's just sort of in this scrum. I look at the saints. I don't know. I mean, like look at Odell Beckham jr. Right. There's no wide receivers in new Orleans. And he was like, "Mm, no, I want no part of that because they have no quarterback whatsoever. I know Sean Payton's good, but like, there's only so much you can do with Trevor Simeon. The Panthers are changing their starting quarterback in week 10. Just think about that. Like, Mm -hmm. that tells you exactly where they are. Nobody wanted Cam Newton. In his own words, he was eating cereal a week ago. (laughs) Now he's scoring touchdowns in the NFL. The Vikings, I think, the Vikings and the Niners, I think, are the best two teams in that sort of scrum of teams. If you're not on your game. Watch out for
1: the Eagles. I know I'm a big fan of the Eagles. But they get the Jets, the Giants twice, and Washington twice over their next. Like, the Saints is their last hard game until week 18.
0: You have been on the Eagles. You thought the Niners were going to lose to the Eagles when we did our preseason predictions. It's it's good for San Francisco that they have the head-to-head win uh, over Philly this year, so that'll be a help if they wind up tied. But I really think it's San Francisco and the Vikings. If you're not on your stuff, Kirk Cousins could carve you up. I've been kind of on the Kirk Cousins train this year. You know, I, I, he has... <laughs> My co-host on the SB Nation NFL show, Brendan Lee Gowden, likes to say, Kirk Cousins has literally no intangibles. Like, there's no, like, he's not like a leader. Guys don't even seem to really like him that much, but, like, the dude can play, and he's been money for them in clutch situations so far this year. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to the Niners and Vikings next week. That game is going to be massive for seeding. But if, if the Packers can just do their damn job this week, and the Niners can beat a Jags team that has every reason to just go in the tank, We're going to be sitting here next week talking about like playoffs. Niners are 500. They're going to go on this run here. It's entirely possible with their schedule coming up that the Niners do go on a run. And I think they're going to have to, if they want to get in Jags Vikings in Seattle, which will be tough, but like something is not right with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. It just looks off to me. Am I, am I wrong on that?
1: No, they got shut out. Like that does not happen to Russell Wilson. But even when, you know, yes, when Russell Wilson goes out, you expect them to struggle. But they were, like, way worse than I thought they were going to be. The whole team just doesn't really feel like it has it this year. Obviously, any given game, Russell Wilson can win you a game. So I would never go into a matchup against Russell Wilson and feel good about it. But, no, they're not the same team as they were the last few years.
0: I mean, we've seen the 49ers go into Seattle against peak Russell Wilson in 2019, and they won. Now, granted, they won by about an inch and a half, but nonetheless, they still won. Uh, the Niners have to play the Titans on Thursday night, but there's no Derrick Henry in that game. I mean, that's still not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly you have a better chance without Derrick Henry. The Texans, the Rams again to close out the year, which, I mean, you've got to feel good about them playing the Rams. They've won five straight games against them now it's not inconceivable that they can go on a run. It all just comes down to what I think, even separate from generating turnovers on defense, which is always nice. Just don't, if the Niners can end every possession with a kick, either a punt or a point after touchdown or a field goal, I think that they have as good a shot to go on a run as anybody. Now, we just don't know if they can actually do that because they usually give the ball away in some fashion.
1: The 49ers just have to go five and three the rest of the way, and it starts with one win against the Jaguars. It's going to get a lot harder if they lose to this team, because this is one of the easier games left on their schedule, but you just need five and three the rest of the way. And I think they get a playoff spot.
0: How different is our show next week? If they lose this
1: game, (laughs) can you
0: imagine the fire and brimstone? I mean, (laughs) the instant reaction podcast would just be all swears. That's all it would be. you would just be me swearing for 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I might have to join or I, not join because I don't want to be miserable like that because I would be so annoyed if they lost. But I, I'll have to listen to that one just to see like how many, maybe every time you guys throw an F-bomb or a swear word out there, I take a take a drink and I'll be drunk by the end and I won't care yeah. anymore.
0: <laughs> You're going to seriously put your health in jeopardy if that were to happen. That is, that is for sure. We get some interesting reviews in the uh, iTunes reviews and some five stars. Um, I generally, I don't like to swear that much. I'm not going to lie. Like, so the other day I was driving my son to school and I had a Niners podcast on and the guy's just dropping F-bombs and I had to turn it off because I don't want my son to hear that. He's seven years old in the back of the car and I yeah. never finished listening to that episode. So like you lost me there. So I try and, and bleep them out. But sometimes on the Sunday shows the the emotions <laughs> come out, like I usually start those shows with a drink in hand for a reason. And, uh, it gets a little dicey sometimes. I'm not going to lie.
1: It's fair. Right after a game, it's completely fair to have those emotions and, you know, it, your kids likely aren't listening to a podcast with you or a show with you on Sunday night. So that's fine. True. Now,
0: uh, but
1: yeah, I, I do agree with you on the norm. It's nice to keep it PG for the kids.
0: Yeah. Do you swear on the ball blast podcast? We
1: don't. We don't.
0: You generally don't. Swear. I don't think I've heard you swear that much. I Although... swear
1: all the time in real life. I have a <laughs> I have a very dirty mouth, but. No, on the podcast, we keep it clean.
0: I was thinking of you this week, speaking of swearing, because I'm sorry. I know that it was Mason Rudolph. How do you not beat the Detroit Lions? How do your Steelers not find (laughs) a way to talk
1: about the Steelers? Like, it's just such a brutal year. I had zero expectations in this game. I knew that they were going to make it close. I thought at the end they would pull it through. They did twice. I mean, they were in field goal position twice in overtime. Deontay Johnson had the long catch, of course, fumbles at the end of it. Pat Fryermouth, we get to the, we get to field goal range with like 10 seconds to go. He fumbles on the last catch. Nobody wanted to win that game. It was just, it was so gross. It's so bad. I hate watching the Steelers this year. There's no fun moments. There's none. Oh, They're so bad.
0: That fumble, and I, I'm gonna say his name wrong. Is it Fryermouth?
1: Yeah, Pat Fryermouth.
0: The weird thing about that is he fumbles it and he's right by the sideline and the ball just dies. It doesn't just, I never seen that before. It just lays there waiting it for the lines to pick it up.
1: It was not meant for a team to win that game. The fact that that ball just stayed, he was right. It never just stays there. <laughs> it never does. Like, how is it not bouncing out of bounce? I, it was a wet field. So maybe like it sucked it in more, but. And then Deontay Johnson, I knew it. I knew it. Deontay Johnson makes an amazing play because he's so good. I love this. I love Deontay Johnson. But I just knew it as he was running. I'm like, he's going to fumble this ball. They're coming up from behind him. Mm-hmm. He's not going to hold on to it. And he fumbled it, of course. And I'm like, okay, wait. this is just embarrassing
0: my theory that I put forward on the SB nation NFL show is that the Steelers wanted to tie in that game so that Mike Tomlin could continue his streak of not having a losing record, even in a 17 game season, because they could go eight, eight and one this year. And technically he still would continue the streak of not having a losing record, even though it's an odd number of games in the season.
1: Why would you not just want the win?
0: Well, they're just not good enough for that. I mean, even with Ben in there, it's like, like you said, it's, there's no fun moments and 49er fans know exactly what that's like because for so much of the game this year, that's literally what it feels like. And it's a hard thing to watch every week as a fan.
1: It's so weird because it feels like every single week, the Steelers come out, they score on the first drive, their offense looks like it's clicking. You're like, maybe things are changing. And then the rest of the game, they can't do anything. I'm like, do you guys just come out with one game? Like, you're like, okay, let's do really good on this one drive. And then that's the entire game plan we had. like, (laughs) No, cause it's like all their five wins this year have been just bad wins. Like I was never like good game. No, it was just gross, bad wins. Ugh.
0: And now you're playing the chargers this week on Sunday night football. And what I've said about the chargers, like, cause I, you know, this is our fantasy slash gambling show and like, I was all in on the chargers this year. I was in on the chargers over. I was Herbert was my MVP pick. Like I put down money on Herbert. I really thought like he was going to take this massive jump forward. He just hasn't. He just has not taken a huge jump. He's he's not bad, but I thought he was going to be the MVP. And the Chargers just are they're a team. They're not like the team in the AFC.
1: For some reason, they stopped using Mike Williams. He was their number one wide receiver all in the beginning of the year. They looked much better as a team and as an offense. And they just stopped using him.
0: And this week, Mason Rudolph will probably get the start because Ben Roethlisberger has COVID. What's your one to 10 Your level of confidence in the Steelers this week?
1: I feel like is it? I feel like Ben will play. Do you think Ben won't play?
0: I mean, Tomlin's exact quote was, "We'll leave the light on for him." That's not exactly encouraging. Rudolph well, says, "If it's he's, Mason
1: Rudolph, there's no chance." I mean, no chance at all. That. There's no chance. No. I'm
0: sorry.
1: Unless because TJ Watts also banged up. I don't even know if he's going to play yet. Like if TJ Watts not playing, Minka Fitzpatrick isn't going to play. Like it's just no. It's not looking good. Not looking good for
0: them, which is rough for the Steelers because they are right in the mix in the AFC North and they'll drop this game and then they play the Bengals on the road next week. That'll be a big game for them, too. So we'll see. I wish you luck. Like you said, like we at least get some fun moments. Like, come on. It's going to be a long, cold. Zero,
1: zero fun moments with Mason Rudolph. if he plays.
0: Oh, man. Dwayne Haskins. No, he's not going to get a look.
1: Oh, if he plays, I won't even watch the game. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. no, but apparently the team is not happy with him.
0: Yeah, I did see that. He was looking at his phone in pregame warmups. That's probably not a good sign. Uh, that's yeah. going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. We remind you again please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. I've had a couple people reach out to me and say that on Spotify, they're not really sure where to go to review. Look, find somebody that's got an iPhone, okay? Take their phone, take 30 seconds leave a review then give the phone back i'm not saying steal it i'm just saying for 30 seconds drop a rating and a review we really do appreciate them it really helps people find us which is a really hard thing to do when it comes to podcasts so please please do it again i want to remind you join us after the game the niners play the early game this week so it'll be early in your day on the niners nation youtube page twitter page facebook page we do the instant reaction podcast we do interactive stuff with a lot of your comments and questions and everything it's really really fun Thousands of you guys have been joining. We really do appreciate it. Please, please, please continue to do so. Michelle, have a good Thanksgiving because I won't talk to you again until uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday. So I hope you have a good turkey day and have lots of good food.
1: Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Bye y'all.